It's the August 30th, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown. A reconfiguration of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, laying on the street, having just shot up marijuana, (laughs) Mahler. Fake news dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Coming up, uh-huh. Russian reactors. Yes. Comrade. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. Pentecostals and more. But first, mm-hmm. what'd you do on National Dog Day, Mike? It was just this Monday. I scratched my dad's dog's belly. Really? For about that's, five minutes. That's very nice. Uh, he, and she loved it. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. That's what you can I'm that's a dog lover. Yeah. That's the way to celebrate National Dog Day. And Day. how did you celebrate? I think it's becoming too commercialized. <laughs> no. The malls are packed. <laughs> it's all about materialism. Uh, it is. Why don't they just put the dog <laughs> back in National Dog Day? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 Mahler. Oh, He's embracing no, no, the I forgot. I got a little gift for you. Okay. I know it's belated, but yeah. here's something for you for National Dog Day. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> it says, just say nyet to Moscow Mitch. It's a button. <laughs> it's a button. Uh, thank yeah. you. Nice button. I know yeah. it's a small gift, but it's the thought that counts. It's on, very much on the national... thought that counts. We're referring to Mitch McConnell, the senator from Kentucky, who's also the Senate. What is he? The he's the head of the Senate. What's what's Senate the majority Senate leader. majority leader? Yeah. My God, thank you. And by button, we mean something that you put on your shirt. Yes, it has a pin on the back. Yes, it does. That's what you mean by button. And by pin, we mean stick it into your shirt. Yes, and clip it so you don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing right now. I got Mahler a nice uh, assortment from Harry and David. Oh, did you? Yeah, a nice Some a deluxe fruit. Assortment. Oh, good. They have very good pears, Yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. There were plenty of pears. Oh, he, he loves his pears. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? In a week where Trump reportedly suggested dropping a nuclear bomb into the eye of a hurricane as Tropical Storm Dorian headed for Florida, Trump and his Republican co-conspirators drained $271 million from the Department of Homeland Security including from the Federal Emergency Management Agency Disaster Relief Fund, which would help mitigate the cost of a hurricane that King Dorian that's heading run through Florida. Yeah, Florida. He did that to build more concentration camps at the southern border. <laughs> the shift of funds would reportedly allow ICE to hold close to 50,000 migrants at a given time. Yeah, they're gearing up. I love this country. You, you know? know, you know. Back in the Obama administration, remember all the conspiracy theories about the black helicopters, and they were building camps along the border for real Americans that were going to be shipped by Obama and his Muslim cadre. I, I don't watch Fox News. No, I, yeah, I know, but this was this no, is. See, I don't know about this stuff yeah. because there it's was a thing BS. for for a while, yeah, but and it's BS, right? Of course, it was yeah, BS. It's BS, but, but now they're actually building these concentration camps along uh, the border and. Uh, when it appeared the storm, that would be Dorian, was going to hit Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. Trump tweeted, Wow, yet another big storm headed to Puerto Rico. Will it ever end? 
It's like he's running a TV show, which he is. Which he Congress is. approved $92 billion, $92 billion for Puerto Rico last year, an all-time record of its kind for anywhere. That's just such a lie. It's a what lie. What does it mean, an all-time record for anywhere? I don't know. That, that's I nuts. And he does. I mean, $92 billion is a lot of money, yeah. but in terms of allocating government funds to a project right. anywhere, right. I don't think it holds any record. That, of course, was a lie anyway, the yeah. $92 billion in aid to Puerto Rico. The amount is an estimate of what could be provided to Puerto Rico through the next 20 years. 20 years. Could be. Could be. 20 years. 20 years. Right now, Puerto Rico's received uh, about $12 billion right. as, of May. as of May, and that's probably going to be it. Yeah. You know, they might get... Well, wait a minute. More, right? There's a little more than that. If you throw in the paper towels... Oh, the paper towels. That, there's, you got to throw in a right. couple. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. If you go to Costco, I mean, you got to throw in another 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah so. Methane madness. Yes. That's coming up. Uh-huh. Trump's Environmental Protection Agency announced that it plans to loosen federal rules. They're going to loosen up on methane, a powerful greenhouse gas linked to the climate crisis. Yes. Because... Obama. The proposed rule would reverse standards enacted under Obama that required oil and gas operators to prevent the release of methane in new drilling wells, pipelines, and storage facilities. That's good. Yeah. It's not like they outlawed methane. Right. It also challenges the notion, the law does, that the federal government has the authority to regulate methane. In other words, we might not be able to regulate it anymore. Is that right? Without first making a detailed determination that it qualifies as a pollutant under the Clean Air Act. That's going to take time. Meanwhile, it's smash and grab. Right. It hasn't been determined to be a pollutant. I believe is something like 30, depends on who you talk to, 30 to 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide is in terms of its pollution. Yeah. Quota. They'll make some claim about the definition right. of pollutant. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's so distressing about this is that the science is in on the effects of methane, the more dangerous and uh, damaging effects of methane on the climate. And of course, no that difference. means future administrations, if they make this law change, they'd have to go through all the procedures to reverse it, which would take more time, which would put more money in the pockets. And time wasted on something that needs to be addressed right now. Already, Trump and his Republican co-conspirators have taken steps to limit the government's ability to regulate other greenhouse gases in the future, including curbing carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. The proposed changes would be a gift to the oil and natural gas industry of $17 million to $19 million every year. But several of the world's biggest fossil fuel companies, including Exxon, Shell, and BP, have opposed the rollback and urged the Trump administration to keep the current standards in place. These are the guys that are making the methane, and they think it's a good idea to be regulated. The thing about the Trump administration, we've said it before, I'll say it again, it's going to take a long time to unscrew what they have screwed. And that's another distressing part of all of this, if we ever do. New details on Russia's mysterious missile disaster. Yes. Remember that? Yes. A couple weeks ago, all the talk. We've forgotten about that. I haven't. (sighs) Anyway, new details suggest a nuclear reactor blew up, not a failed missile. Yeah. So 
this is all this is very serious. Turned sideways here. This is very serious, and it could be something that's just leaking and leaking and leaking and leaking, not just one explosion. That yeah, well. This isn't maybe on the scale of Fukushima. However, it's still a nuclear reactor, and it appears that it did blow up. Russia's state weather agency said that a cloud of inert radioactive gases that swept across a Russian town earlier this month was produced by fast-decaying radioactive isotopes released by an explosion at the Neonoska testing range. A Norwegian nuclear expert said these isotopes of strontium, barium, and lanthanum were caused by a nuclear chain reaction showing that it was a nuclear reactor that exploded. These are fission products. Joshua Pollock, a leading expert on nuclear and missile proliferation, said, If anyone still doubts that a nuclear reactor was involved in this incident, this report should go a long way toward resolving that. Of course, Russia has been lying about this stuff for a long time. They and I wonder why. Yeah. It's nuclear power. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made in nuclear energy. Right. Even though it's very dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, they lied about Chernobyl. They lied about a lot of incidents where nuclear technology was involved. And this appears to be another example of that. Yeah. Anyway. And Russia says the uh, radiation is stabilized. But the thing about this stuff is... You don't know where it all is. Right. You don't know where the waste is and where it's going to go. And if it's gone into the groundwater or anything like that, you're just holding the Geiger counter up into the air and getting a reading. Neither one of the explanations is very good. First of all, the Russians were apparently, they say they were working on a missile that was going to be nuclear powered. Yeah. Not just a nuclear weapon, just a weapon powered by a nuclear reaction. The point of that is so that you could put it up in the air and it could hang around for years based on that, just on the power in the nuclear reactor in the missile and then could be deployed at any point, which destabilizes the standoff that we have with the Russians. Uh-huh. This just makes it much, much more uh, dangerous. However, we don't think it was. We th- if it was a reactor, again, this is something that will be lingering in their atmosphere for, for decades, yeah. if long, not longer. So. Well, they said that because they're making lemons into lemonade. Yeah. In other words, they had this accident with a power plant. What can we do to make a plus out of this? Let's frighten the United States by saying it was a missile Mm -hmm. that can stay up in the air forever that exploded. Putin bragged about the missiles. They had these supersonic missiles that they were developing that would undo any U.S. defense system and that were trying to scare the crap out of the whole world. Meanwhile, you know that Brian Eno guy? I do. A big fan of Brian. He came out in support of nuclear energy. Did he really? Yeah. He says it would supplement renewables. Well, all right. Too much electronic music going through that poor lad's brain. (laughs) There is a type of nuclear fuel called fissionable fuel, which doesn't create... That's not what he's talking about. He said Fukushima really wasn't that bad. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, don't tell me anymore, please. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great disappointment to me. I'm going to burn all my Brian Eno God. albums, which well, there's quite a few, and collectibles, too. You have. Yeah. I, I know that for a fact. You do have a lot yeah. of that stuff. So, wow. Models show that the United States does not need nuclear energy to retire fossil fuels. Hey, Brian. Come on. I know. Why don't we just put our resources into something that's clean rather than just augment the clean stuff was something that could cause a lot of 
pollution. I, I am not a Luddite. I'm not someone who's opposed to technology and progress. However, we now possess the ability to pull power out of the sky, out of the sea, out of the ground that is, in fact, clean. All we have to do is slap up some panels, put up some windmills. There's infrastructure to be built here. Beyond that, that's it. Yeah. Boycott Brian Eno. Bro- boycott Brian Eno. Yeah. If this news irradiates you, <laughs> may I recommend a donation to KUCI because you're listening. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio at 88.9 FM. KUCI.org. Very nice, Molly. Mm-hmm. Nice little touch. The main solution to climate change, as you well know, Mike, is to stop burning fossil fuels. Yes. We're in agreement there. Mm -hmm. That probably means an all-electric future. Running vehicles on trains on electricity, heating buildings with electric heat pumps, electrifying industrial applications like steel production, and using renewable, renewable energy electricity to make hydrogen. That's like natural gas. But we can do all these things. All we have to do is ramp up. Infrastructure. Yeah. That's what we need now. So we should power the electric grid with renewable resources. Basically, all of the, the key parts of our society now, there are technologies already in place that, if scaled up, will allow us to do this. Yeah, we're ready to do it. We, all we, we have to do is focus exactly. and do it. Yeah. The question is whether fully renewable electricity systems are feasible and how quickly the transition can be made. And what they mean feasible is just, can we muster the resources to do it, not do we have the technology to do it. Exactly right. There are a number of ways to make renewable electricity. Hydro, Mm -hmm. wind, solar photovoltaic cells, Mm -hmm. geothermal, and burning biomass. There are some others too, Mm -hmm. like tidal, but these are the ones that are already in place. That's right. That we can easily duplicate, replicate, and They're make, working. Yeah. They're working now. And, and plug them right in. They're not on the scale that we need, but they're working now. Yeah. And they are scalable, uh-huh. all of those. Yeah. We, can, we can do it. Renewables, renewable energy systems are location-specific. <laughs> the best system depends on a location's resources, like is it windy or is it not windy? Or... Is it sunny? Is it yeah, not sunny? all that stuff. But despite the location sensitivity... Studies in disparate places are finding similar results. So avoiding the worst effects of climate change means quitting fossil fuels, whether or not it saves money right now. And it does save money eventually. Of course it will save money because we won't be putting money into cleaning up the crap that the fossil fuels will be generating. And batteries are now coming online that are themselves now renewable and or disposable in environmentally sensitive ways. So that's going to be a huge advantage. Batteries, storing. Besides putting a price on carbon, in other words, in the marketplace, dividends returned to the public, government could make it easier to build the needed infrastructure. Right. We need that. And we're not going to get that from the the dimwits in in Washington right now. Not the Republicans and the Trumpians. All they want to do is burn fossil fuel. Makes more money. It's immediate money. That's the issue. Fossil fuel is immediate money. Plus, we are so embedded in this idea, and I'm going to go back to that statistic I'm going to quote till the day I die, that we spend 10 times as much money on subsidizing fossil fuel as we do on education. 
the fact that we are uh, subsidizing fossil fuel at this point in the maturity of this technology that's been around for 150 years. We're still subsidizing it. Why? We don't need to. We can be putting that money into subsidizing a technology that will enable us to survive. What is that? We're not saying, too, that everybody on the planet is going to die, Right. although that's a possibility. It is a possibility. But that's not what we're saying. It's it's just that it's going to be extremely difficult. The next century is going to be extraordinarily difficult if we keep using fossil fuels as our main energy source. Public support is needed, Mike. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we are. Yeah. For example, public acceptance of transmission lines to move electricity from the windy Great Plains to city centers is a challenge for an all-renewable grid. A project on the scale of transforming the energy system will create jobs. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Jobs, jobs, jobs. We need to upgrade our grid and find ways to incorporate more renewable resources. And on top of all that, and maybe most importantly, we have to stop using as much energy. Yes. yes, We have to, at least right now, try to improve the efficiency of what we have and stop going on ski trips to Colorado just because you think you're cool, for God's sakes. It's stuff like that that really drives me crazy. People that are saying, oh, yes, I use renewables. And then they blow over to Europe just to pick their nose in front of the Eiffel Tower and take pictures. Ooh. It really does no, annoy the hell no, out no, of them. No, no, you're absolutely And they don't right. even know what's around them here. Right. They have more knowledge of Paris, and they burn fossil fuels aplenty going over there than just walking outside their own front door and exploring where they live. And as we speak, there are literally thousands of planes in the air. Last week. Mike and I uh, were talking about fires in the Amazon. Yes. Because we're environmental extremists, and we like to talk (laughs) about that stuff. I mentioned that there have been 70,000 fires in the Amazon this year, and Mike said the Amazon was the lungs of the world. Well, according to Dan Napstad, the lead author of the most recent Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report, that's bullshit. Okay. Uh, The Amazon is being mischaracterized by the media as the lungs of the planet, and what's more, the number of fires have been higher in the past. There was a period of time in the early yeah. 2000s when they yeah. were, there were more. Yes. That's not still, that doesn't make yeah. it any yeah. less. I'll get there. All right. But there's still an immense problem. Increased deforestation combined with climate change is pushing the Amazon closer to a forest to savanna tipping point, triggering a large release of carbon and worsening global warming. And plus we got Jair Bolsonaro down there yeah. who's allowing, encouraging, encouraging these fires. Uh, The increase in fires burning in Brazil set off a storm of international outrage last week. And unfortunately, Madonna and Jaden Smith and a bunch of other goofy people who really are just playing up the drama of this got involved and shared photos on social media that weren't actually of the fires and weren't even of the Amazon. Yeah, see, this is... The thing is, you might say this is in the spirit of what's going on. And I agree... But it's just preaching to the choir. Yeah. That's not what we need to do. No. We have enough evidence that the planet is heating up without having to manufacture deep fakes about it. That's right. You exactly know? right. And when we use bad information, the climate crisis deniers will seize on it and overlook everything else. What is true? They'll just focus on the mistake we made. So, number one, we're sorry we, we quoted the lungs of the uh, yeah. of the planet and exagger- not exaggerated the wildfires, but 
uh, contextualize them as being something so extraordinary, we still have a tremendous problem. The Amazon's on fire, and we need to do something about it. In fact, we might not be terrified enough about losing the Amazon. There's a possibility of an Amazon dieback. The idea is that a certain level of deforestation will push the world's largest rainforest to that tipping point, where spiraling feedback effects convert much of the forest into a savanna. Right, the savanna idea, which for people who don't know what a savanna is, in Africa, there are large swaths of land that were at one time rainforest, and now they're more sparse. They're much less likely to support a biodiverse environment. The scientists right now don't know if there's going to be a dieback. Their models go either way on this. Oh, God. But the thing is, the dieback would be absolutely catastrophic to the Earth carbon cycle, water cycle, climate, and biodiversity. So far, at least 17% of the Amazon has already been lost. So shouldn't we err on the side of caution in this? Absolutely. Otherwise, we're effed. Yeah. Why shouldn't we err on the side of caution, especially in something that's as important as the environment we live in? By the way, the parts of the rainforest that have burned are not likely to come back. That's another part of this. It's not as if in five years there's going to be the recovery of what was burned. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. (laughs) Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter at KUCIFM, on Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to KUCI.org. Meanwhile, those Republican lobbyists are helping Brazil recruit U.S. companies to exploit the Amazon. Yes. This is not good. No. I I just don't understand. Oh, I do understand. These are greedy bastards. Yes. That's all it is. They want their money and they want it now. And that's all they care about. They don't care about you or me or future generations. Sometimes I think what they're doing is building up enough money to protect themselves from the disaster that's going to befall the earth because they're making their money. That This is sort of the idea of the fortress of solitude that all these billionaires are going to build for themselves that basically shields them from the effects of climate change. They're going to somehow live in a space dome or something that is going to protect them from all of the hell that they unleashed. This is what I believe is the root of Donald Trump's sickness in the way he looks at the world. He's constantly talking about winners and losers. And I think this is a mentality that permeates people like this guy we're going to talk about in a minute and Trump. We're the losers. They're the winners. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, We deserve what happens to us because we're losers. Remember the scene in Blade Runner there where the guy who created the Rutger Hauer character finally comes face to face with Rutger? Yeah. Remember what happened to him? Yeah. Thumbs through the eyes. Thumbs through the eyeballs. And yeah. yeah. And this is what, this is what it gonna is. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. This Trump thinks think that he's a winner. You think you're going to build a fortress. We're losers. Yeah. He's a winner. And that's the, and it's tough. Yeah. It's tough for you, Donald. Yeah. Thumbs through the eyes. <laughs> In June, Wilson Lima, the governor of the state of Amazonas, that governs about a third of the Amazon, began work on the Inter-America Group, a Washington, D.C.-based lobbying firm founded by Jerry Pierce Jr. Lima, elected last year, is a member of PSC, a conservative party affiliated with the Assembly of God, a rapidly growing Pentecostal church in Brazil. Yeah, where they come from. Yeah. They came from here. Yeah. This cancer that's spreading around the world 
this Christian conservative crazy. Yeah. Who cares what we do to the planet now? We're all going to be up in the rapture. This is it. This is this dangerous mentality that it doesn't matter what happens here on earth because all of us are going to heaven. So this doesn't matter. They put together a packet that lists mining, agribusiness, and gas chemical industry as opportunities for American businesses. Well, yeah, except it's destructive to the planet. So far, a final contract has not been signed. Pierce has written extensively on both Trump and Bolsonaro as a boon for increased American business in Brazil. Under a President Trump, Pierce wrote in 2017, Brazil stands to become a world leader in industries such as agribusiness, mining, banking, and aviation, not to mention destroying the planet. Right. He's previously served under both Bushes. He has a Republican background, yeah. and that's where this is at. Yeah. Republican lobbyists now getting into Brazil. By the way, the Trump, that crazy crap that Trump was talking about buying Greenland, right? That whole thing? That is just the kind of the tip of the spear of what's happening right now. All of these people are looking at the Arctic, at looking at Iceland, looking at Greenland as economic opportunities. The Great North Passage, right, of, <laughs> yeah. for, for shipping uh, through the Arctic. All of this stuff that's happening, the glaciers melting, the ice sheets slipping off into the ocean, these are all economic opportunities for these yeah. winners. <laughs> Democratic National Committee members voted down a resolution that would have resulted in a debate on climate change. This is silly. They have a reason for it, but they voted down single-issue debates. Democratic presidential candidates are barred from appearing together on stage outside of the DNC's sanctioned debates. So I wonder, what about a virtual stage? Could you do that? <laughs> that's a good idea. No, seriously, everybody's in different places. Yeah, yeah, that's they a just good idea. have a debate. I, I like it. Beto O'Rourke, you mm. remember that guy? I do. He tweeted, this decision is as baffling as it is alarming. Our planet is burning. The least we can do as a party is debate what to do about it. And Liz Warren and a number of others chimed in and said similar things. Yeah. Supporters of the DNC decision to not allow single-issue debates said their concern was that special interest groups for issues the party supports, like veterans, race, and poverty, would feel slighted if their issues were excluded from sanctioned debates. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Yeah. The world starts burning up, right. and all these other issues are not going to matter exactly. a whole month. I, normally, I would be on their side, yeah. but I don't. I am With on the, their side. Climate change, it is the most important issue that we're facing. It's intersectional. It's intersectional. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wasn't that G7 summit something? What an embarrassment. Good God. I used to be kind of proud when I'd see those things. Yeah. And you'd see Obama, yeah. you know, and, or even Bush. I'll give Bush some credit. He smiled. Yeah. He didn't say idiotic things. Occasionally he did, but usually he knew how to be yeah. social. Yeah. With concerns about the global economy mounting and security and environmental challenges demanding clarity from the U.S. and its allies, the summit was a flop. And that's because of Trump. Thank you. The U.S. role now amounts to Trump's chaos politics and is running away from a global leadership role that all of his modern predecessors embraced. Yeah. First, Trump suggested that he was having second thoughts about the trade war with China. <laughs> I, I mean, second thoughts. You're saying this when you're at a summit meeting. An official explained that Trump was only wondering whether it might be better to have higher tariffs. Then Trump said China had called U.S. trade officials asking to restart the talks, yeah. which they didn't. Yeah. And Beijing had to deny that. This is not what you do at a summit. Trying to make friends and, and do something constructive for 
you and get the other parties involved to agree with you. Earlier, Trump had hereby ordered, remember this? I hereby order American companies to leave China Yeah. now. Because the president lacks the authority to or hereby order anything, that was bullshite. But he said that he would declare a national emergency in order to do this. But everything is a national emergency to this drama queen. And on top of that, what kind of precedent are you setting? So that means anybody comes into the office, they'll just call a national emergency about anything that they want. And what? We're supposed to hey, go I'm, along with it. Nathan, I'm going to look at this as the glass is half full. Yeah. I think if we can take away one positive thing from the Trump administration, what we can take away is that all things are possible if you're president. Trump has essentially laid out a, a roadmap for a Democratic president to do anything he wants. Huh? And hopefully he will do the right thing. Yeah, it's a national emergency. We're going to not only regulate methane, we're going to outlaw methane. this is it. The silver lining is, who knew you could get away with this crap? Yeah. Well, he's shown you can. Trump said he wanted Russia readmitted to the meetings. And France and Germany and the UK are a little bit wary of that. I don't know. It might be a, a good idea, but this is something that happens over a period of time with diplomacy. Not just blowing your mouth off. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe bitched about North Korea's latest missile test, which right. he should, right. saying they violated UN resolutions. But Trump said, we're in a world of missiles, folks, whether you like it or not. I mean, what president says yeah. something like that? You know, but It might be true, but yeah. this is diplomacy at work here, yeah. not not just well, saying whatever's no, on your mind. Saying something moronically obvious <laughs> that we're in a world of missiles. I, okay, now what does that mean? Does that mean that the people in Japan who are about 20 minutes away from Korea, yeah. if you've launched a missile, should not be concerned? Are you not doing anything? You, you write love letters yeah. to this guy who's building more weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, let's aim a missile at the White House. By the way, I have Trump. an observation about the Trump presidency right now. I want to, He's no longer acting president. He's occupied the Oval Office. Yeah. He's literally, that's what he, he's occupied the office. Yeah. He's not doing anything. Meanwhile, the Trump administration asked the Supreme Court to legalize firing workers simply for being gay. Yeah, this is... An amicus brief filed by the Justice Department weighed in on two cases involving gay workers and what is meant by Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which bans discrimination because of sex. That's their words. Mm -hmm. The administration argued courts nationwide should stop reading the civil rights law to protect gay, lesbians, and bisexual workers from bias because it was not originally intended to do so. So by sex, they didn't really mean sex. They meant biological sex, whatever the hell that was. Which is what they wanted to find that as, that whole idea. But biological sex, I mean, there was a recent study, and although they didn't find a gay gene, they found biological reasons that people are gay. Yeah. yeah this is, this, all this is, the Supreme this is Court ministry. ruling favoring the Trump administration bigotry could override a raft of state and federal laws banning sex-based discrimination and likely reach far beyond employment to other settings where sex discrimination is banned, including public schools. This is why Trump has you know, a 90% re- uh, approval rating with his base. Yeah. This is why. This is why the Republican senators who belong to the Assembly of God are not doing anything about him. Because yeah. he does this yeah. stuff. All right, here's our uh, hit of Hilsick for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Michael Hilsick at the Los Angeles Times. Recently, we reported 
on an Oklahoma judge who fined Johnson and Johnson $572 million for its role in creating the state's opioid crisis in Oklahoma, which is one of the worst in the nation. Meanwhile, Johnson and Johnson stocks have risen. Huh? Yeah. You wouldn't think. Here's why. Yeah. The ruling covers roughly what it would cost the state to run an opioid addiction state abatement program for a year, including screening, hospitalization, and detox for patients. In the expectation game on Wall Street, the judgment falls into the category of it could have been worse. Or the price of doing business, as we all say. That's right. The state of Oklahoma was seeking as much as $17 billion. They got $500 million. $17 $17 billion, which is where it pegged the 30-year cost of cleaning up the entire disaster. Johnson & Johnson says it will appeal the $500 million judgment, but even if it loses, that's the equivalent of about two weeks of profits for them. That's only two weeks of profits for Johnson & Johnson. They made $15 billion in net income last year alone. Yeah. $15 billion. So $500 million, it's a nice find, but it, for the crisis, the opioid crisis that they How many created, hundreds of thousands of people have died as a result yeah. of overdoses from this drug? Ah, but there may be good news. The Oklahoma judge's finding that Johnson & Johnson misrepresented the safety of his product is a warning to other defendant companies in opioid cases. If other judges buy the argument that what was going on was deception and fraud, and they knew it was fraud. It's not a crime to promote your product, but it is a crime to misrepresent the safety of your product. The Oklahoma verdict relies on claims that closely parallel those other cases. So you could lift out the product and company names in the Oklahoma case and replace them with the names of other products and companies in legislation elsewhere around the country. So this could set a precedent. In other words, investors in Johnson & Johnson and other drug companies may be celebrating too soon. Well, I hope you're right, but this is why people have so little faith in our institutions. Yeah. Hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people have died of drug overdoses. The the amounts of money that have been spent on in the public health sector on trying to stem this, in the law enforcement sector, in so many different ways, so many broken families, is incalculable. And finally, Death Row Records, a label synonymous with West Coast gangster rap, thanks to artists like Dr. Dre... Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Tupac, <laughs> that's right, Mother Snoop Dogg, and Tupac is now owned by Hasbro, oh the corporation God. known for Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> My Little Pony, and Power Rangers. Oh In God. a statement, Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner celebrated his purchase by saying that the acquisition provides a pipeline of new brand creation driven by family-oriented storytelling. <laughs> Nothing but a G thing. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.